As a small business owner, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the pressure of choosing the right hire or leading a team? Or have you ever found yourself tolerating a bad hire because you fear trying and failing again as you repeat the hiring process? If so, you're not alone and you are in the right place. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. The Growing Your Team podcast teaches business owners like you to expand your unique business by teaching you to master the hiring and team management process. Hiring and managing a team does not have to be a challenge. You just have to learn to do it right. And the Growing Your Team podcast teaches you how to become a confident leader who hires right every single time. Now, let's jump into the show where each episode, you will learn tips on how to identify what type of help you need on your team, how to source amazing candidates, how to conduct interviews that lead you to your idea team member, how to onboard successfully, and how to lead every person in your business so you have a team of rock stars who you are happy to pay every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Jody Grunden. Jody co-founded Summit CPA Group in 2002, which merged with Anders CPAs and Advisors in 2022. Summit, now a division of Anders, was the first fully distributed accounting firm As the leading provider of virtual CFO services in North America, Summit provides professional virtual CFO services for over 100 companies across the United States, helping business owners dive deep into the financial side of their business to maximize profits, minimize taxes, and increase cash flow. Jody is also an industry speaker and a published author. He literally wrote the book on helping digital companies create a financial roadmap to success, digital dollars and cents. In this episode, Jody and I are talking about remote teams and fully remote companies. When Jody started his business, they were an in-office company that was serving clients face-to-face. They then started transitioning to serving clients virtually and then realized they could move their whole company remote. Jody shares with us the hesitation his employees had when that move was made and how they ended up learning that working remotely had its benefits. And this was 10 years ago. So before working remotely was really a thing for companies. He also shares with us how he builds a solid culture on his team and how this culture creates a sense of connection that helps with retention. So let's jump into the episode and hear all about how Jody transitioned his business to be fully remote and how he keeps a strong culture with all his employees. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jamie. 
Can you kick us off with telling us a little bit about you? I sure can. I uh, started off in 2002 as a, uh, basically starting my own business. I had really uh, no employees, no money, no nothing and thought, well, heck, what what a good time to start. And uh, I went ahead and did that. And and basically it was a C, basically a virtual CFO firm, or at the time it was just like a traditional CPA firm. And then within a couple of years, uh, we converted it uh, to a, a virtual CFO firm and, and focused strictly on helping small businesses really kind of get profitable and kind of being that, uh, that person that they can lean on when they have questions. And that uh, kind of kind of dwarfed into, I think all small business owners, you know, have issues with cash at some point. And and I had the same issues, you know, in, in the first few years. And so we had to figure out how to not be the bank. And uh, with that, we developed a uh, subscription-based billing model that we're still using today uh, so that, you know, we've grown the business from, you know, nothing back in 2002 to uh, we'll hit a little over $10 million this year. So it's really grown a lot over the years. Um, and it's hundred percent subscription based where, um, we have no accounts receivable. Uh, so we don't, we're not, the, we're not the bank anymore. So as we're going through the, 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 the hurdles there, you know, think things just popped up. I'd say another kind of a cool thing is that we're fully remote and we've been fully remote for about 10 years. And so we were, we were one of the first uh, financial firms to ever, uh, venture out in the fully remote world. And, uh, at that time we had about 18 employees. Now we're up to, I'm guessing probably 55, 55 employees and probably another 15 or so contractors. So about yeah. 70 in total. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all that growth and growing your business to what it is today. You know, I want to talk a little bit about that being remote and everything, because you mentioned you switched your services to being virtual CFO services. And then you have, you went from kind of in office to a fully remote team. And like you said, 10 years ago, you made that switch to a remote team. And at that point in time, fully remote companies weren't as popular as they are today. You know, if you probably, mm-hmm. if you said something like we're fully remote, people are like, wait, what does that mean? So yeah. how was making that switch? Oh, that's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Cause again, there was at that time, there was about a hundred companies in the world that were fully remote. And so we were one of those 100 companies, which was kind of cool. Um, but uh, before that, you know, we, when we decided to, to provide a virtual CFO service, you know, it, it wasn't truly virtual, right? Because at that point, there was an internet. Back in 04, the internet was really slow. You couldn't do things virtually uh, at all. And so we would we would be their right-hand person, but we would actually go out to their business or they would come to us. And it wasn't until about 2009 where we actually could start doing it virtually, where we're actually hopping on a, a call. I think it was Web WebEx back then or something. I can't remember the software we used, but um, you know, where the, uh, where it actually started working out, but still those clients were typically, we could actually drive to their location. You know, there wasn't that, that far away. We still had a few that came in the office and it wasn't until, um, I'd say 2011 where we got our very first remote client that was truly, we couldn't, we couldn't go to their office because we we're located, uh, originally in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and this company was from Rhode Island. So there's no way that we could actually go to their, their place of work. And we thought, Hey, this is a great opportunity to kind of figure out how we can actually find fine tune our craft. And so it was kind of neat that we were actually be able to teach, you know, be able to, to basically coach or help or, you know, be the uh, CFO for some, for, for a client or accounting advisor for a client, you know, when they were not, you know, e- even at arm's length, you know, that we had to actually do it fully remote. The, the nice thing about that client was, is that when we picked them up, they were one of the first 20 or so clients in the world to ever go remote. And so 
they had a 60 person office and had never had a brick and mortar office. They were fully remote from the very beginning. And it was a web design, uh, web development company. You've probably heard of all their websites and maybe they've done things like the NBA and stuff like that. So I mean, really big websites. And they had folks all over the United States and they had some in Canada and they had some in Europe. And it was kind of like, oh, this is kind of neat. And so for a couple of years, you know, as we're teaching them how to, you know, run the financial side of their business, you know, we were learning how to run a remote company. And then in 2013, I thought, you know, hey, let's let's just let's just do this. Why, why, why are we limiting our, our building or making decisions based on the size of our building? You know, our, our growth plans, you know, we only had you know room for just a couple more seats in the office there. I mean, does that mean we don't grow anymore? So I thought, hey, let's just get rid of the office idea completely and go remote and at that time, we had 18 folks on the team, and we always started with our meetings off with a joke. So we had a Monday. We have Monday meetings every, you know, every Monday. We have Monday meeting. We start off with a joke, and I, and I started off, and my mind was, you know, hey guys, we're everyone, we're going to remote, and it was like dead silence, <laughs> and you could hear a pin drop for sure. And th- then it was like, you know, they were waiting for a punchline the whole time, and it wasn't a punchline. I was being serious, and and uh, then it was like all the excuses in the world. You know, we can't go remote because. You know, clients want to see us face to face. We can't shake their hands. You know, all, all the different reasons that you heard uh, pre-pandemic, you know, why remote's basically impossible uh, was coming out from my team. Even though that we were working remotely with our clients right now, we, it just, just we weren't personally, you know, remote. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things I had to decide, you know, and I, we had nobody on the team wanted to go remote. And so I was like, well, do I lose my my team? And do I start over? What What do I do? And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to just go ahead and remodel the building and we're just going to make this building really nice. We're going to stay brick and mortar. And at the, at, at, and in, in order to do that, I had to spend about a hundred grand and tearing walls out, you know, doing, and we really made it really a cool office. And it took about six weeks for the construction crew to come in, demolish everything and do it. In the meantime, the entire team had to work from home while we were doing this. And so uh, it was kind of funny because when they were working from home, they kind of figured out how to to work from home. Basically, same thing everyone with in the pandemic. You, you figure it out, right? If you're forced into right. the situation, you figure it out, and they all did. And by the time I and I hadn't even hung the sign up on our on our on our uh, office, that, you know, every one of them, but maybe four of them, came up and said, "You know what? I really like this remote thing. Do you mind if we work from home?" <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my gosh! And so I was like, well, okay, let's let's do it. And so we had four people that maybe had internet issues or whatever that uh, stayed at the office who eventually then, you know, figured out how to, how to work from home as well. And we thought, you know, let's just hire outside of the, outside of uh, Fort Wayne. And uh, we started doing that. And uh, from there on, we just hired uh, from East coast to West coast, North, South, you know, anywhere in the United States, we were looking for people. And it was pretty nice because, um, you know, the, I guess the, the, the nice thing about it is we have a, an opportunity that the bad thing about it was back in 2013, it's like, well, how do people even know we exist? And just happened that uh, Forbes came out and uh, with an article and they and they were talking about remote work and they they were talking about the first 125 companies to go remote. And, and they had us listed as one of those companies. And and as soon as that article came out, man, it was like, you know, the lights went off. We started getting resumes throughout the, the whole uh, whole United States. We, we got like 2,000 resumes within just a period of about a day and a half. And, and they're really quality resumes, you know, former owners of CPA firms, you know, all, really people that would be a really good consultant uh, for small businesses. The only problem is we couldn't figure out how to qualify them all. You know, those 2,000 resumes just dropped in our lap like that. 
Um, but the, from, from there, from there on, on, we, we figured it out. We hired remotely and we really haven't looked back. You know, we've, uh, you know, we've gone through our lumps, you know, throughout trying to figure everything out. Uh, but we've really fine tuned it to where we have our culture is so, so strong. Um, any, any poll that you would get, you would give, we would rate in the top 80th percentile plus uh, when it comes to culture. And that's compared to any service-based company. And if you, which is pretty high. And then if you yeah. compare it to a typical accounting firm, which is usually in the sixties or so, it's extremely high. And so the, the nice thing about it is we, we were able to develop a, a, a really cool um, model to provide clients in a virtual atmosphere, but also internally we were able to do it uh, being fully, fully remote or fully you know, virtual as well. Yeah, that's great. It's one of those things when it comes to working remote, and I feel like the resistance of it from an employee perspective is if you're working a corporate job and you have the flexibility where you can occasionally work remote, those days where all of a sudden you're not in the office and you're at home, it just feels so disjointed because all of a sudden you're out Mm -hmm. of your norm, you're out of your routine. And it just, you're like, how do I get anything done? And you just approach everything differently. And so mm-hmm. I always tell people, because they're like, how do you work from home every day? And I'm like, it's completely different when it's your everyday versus yeah. a once in a while thing. So you get into those good routines, you get into those good habits, you have your workplace set up so you can actually be successful and it becomes your new norm. Yeah, we, we actually require people to have a door. And so, you know, when we're interviewing, you know, do you have a door? And, and what does that mean? Well, we need to have something that you can actually close because that's your office. It's, it's no different than anything. You can't work on your kitchen table. That's very tough. Can't work in your bedroom. That, that's impossible. So you've got to have an office that you actually can walk into and close. There's a couple of different, there's, there's, there's a big philosophy around that. And, and the big philosophy that we use is that it's so easy that when you're working from home to never quit working. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I, I can get things done. I got time, you know, or you watch a movie, you come back, oh, let me, let me work again. I got, I got this hot project I got to get done the next day or whatever that is. And that's a continuous thing because you always have things to do. So people always have things to do. So it's super easy. And with a door, we found out that, hey, once you close the door, you don't go back in until the next day. No different than driving to the office again. You don't drive back to the office after you've left it. And that's a that's kind of a, a mantra or policy that we actually put in place. Once that door is closed, you know, you're done for the day, you know, put your emails away, you're done. And then you can come back the next morning. And, and uh, that seems to work out well. But again, the distractions, you, you've got to make sure that you're away from distractions, you've got to have your own setting, you know, it, 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 it's, it you just have to be really intentional about it. And it can't be, you know, like you'd mentioned, it can't be just something part time where you hop on the couch, and you're doing some work, and then you go and do some laundry, then you come back and hop back on the couch, turn the TV on, and you're working, it, you can't, that doesn't work. It has to be a complete, you know, in my opinion, you know, an office that you've got set up inside your home that you can actually, you know, can can truly be your home office. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I know when uh, years ago we had renovated our house and I was just like, well, I'm going to use the one open room as my, my office. Mm -hmm. And my husband was working from home too. And we quickly realized, especially with kids, that was not going to fly. And (laughs) we needed a place where we could close the door. So luckily we have two girls they, the little one wanted to be in her older sister's room all the time anyway. So we're just like, Hey, they're sharing a room and we're turning the one bedroom into our office. And it is nice to be able to have that separation and be like, I'm done. I don't go back into the office. I, even with my um, employees, like I've never been so strict to say like, you need, I, I want them to have a dedicated space, but never so strict to be like, you have to have a door where you can close it off. But I always provide them 
a laptop where I know some mm-hmm. small business owners are like, well, if they have a computer, why do I need that expense? And I specifically tell my employees, I'm giving you a laptop because I want you to not be working when you're done working. That you know, you're not on uh, looking on, let's say Pinterest on a Friday night and all of a sudden you see an email pop up. I also tell them with their phone, I was just like, it's up to you whether you want to install the email on your phone. I was like, but my thing is, Don't have it where it automatically downloads or sends you notifications. I don't want you seeing work emails out of business hours. When you're working, you're working. When you're not, step away. Like that is Mm -hmm. your time. I I think that's so important. I mean, the the stepping away thing is important. And and for those that do keep their, you know, maybe they have their emails linked up or whatever, and it's on their phone. I I think it's super important not to respond to them. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, even though that's there, you know, don't, don't look at it till the next day, just train yourself to do it. You know, don't be the person that you got to be, you're so curious that you're seeing who, who emailed me and what it was. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you get caught in the trap of responding back to them. And, you know, don't, don't, don't do that. You know, make, make sure you turn your notifications off something that it doesn't really, it doesn't, it, so you don't have the reason to go back and, and look at it if, it if it truly is on your phone. Um, and, and there should be no reason why anybody, and management would, would, would want you to respond after hours. I mean, that's silly. That's silly too. So, if, so, you know, it, it goes no, both ways. You say that's silly, but there's a lot of people that are like, I need an answer. I need an answer now. And that's one of the behaviors we need to train ourselves out of if that's what we expect from our employees. Yeah. Cause that'll, that'll be a culture killer for sure. If you're on, if you're on the clock, you know, every day of the week, you know, weekends and so forth, you know, that that's a, that's definitely a culture killer. You can't eat, you can't do that. You can't yeah. sustain that. Yeah. I was working with a client once and they would expect, they would text or call their employees like all the time. And they're like, well, we want them to respond within 90 minutes. And I'm just like, wait, does that mean they can't go to the movies or they have to be checking their phone in the middle of a movie on their day <laughs> off? Because you might send them a message and then you want to fire them because they didn't respond in time. Or we're in Florida. I was like, they go out on a boat and they get out of cell phone signal range they're going to get fired because they don't respond. I was just like, if you're not paying your employees to be on call during that time, you cannot expect them to answer. They'll either respond when they happen to see it or when they return to work. Yeah. And I think that's just training clients, right? I mean, just you know, creating client expectations from the very beginning, you know, clients know that, Hey, we're accessible from this time to this time. You know, if you do reach out after hours, uh, we'll go get, we'll get to it first thing in the morning. You know, you know, that that's gotta be the client expectation, unless you're like an IT company where the system's down and you've got dedicated people that are working different shifts to cover that. Um, you know, there, there, there is really, I don't see any reason why you would have to, you know, be on call, you know, and, and right. Well, and even those things, yeah, even those times where it's like, it's something like, okay, IT and you need people on dedicated shifts. Typically, they should be reaching out to some general support email or phone number versus one particular person who might or might right. not be working. Right. Yeah. No, make, yeah. makes ton of sense. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about culture because I feel like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that people are really hesitant about when it goes to working remotely. And when you were sharing everything, it actually made me think of the corporate company that I used to work for. I left there in 2016. And at that point in time, we had a few employees that worked fully remote. Mm-hmm. And typically the message that went out to those employees is you better like the position you're in because chances are you're not going to get promoted into something else because you're not in the, in an office, which is really funny because that same company 
just decided after COVID that they're not fully returning to the office, that they're going almost <laughs> fully remote. And I think they're keeping a small office for just like client meetings or things like that, where people, they want people to come together for those one-off occasions. And so it's like six years, they made that big difference where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, we can succeed remotely. But I feel like that's what I hear all the time is how do we gauge our employees? How do we prepare people for promotions? How do we have management be in a place where employees are not and obviously that's kind of like more than just just culture, but I feel like culture plays a big part of that because operating effectively remotely is part of your culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think with really anything, you have to have the right processes, tools, and people. And that and you have to have all three of them and they have to be really humming together. And so with with tools, you know, for a remote um, remote environment, we we have a we use a product called Sococo, and it gives you the uh, it's basically a virtual office setting. And there's a, quite a few different ones out there, uh, but that's the one we picked. And, and what it does, it allows you to visually see a little. It looks like SimCity, little emojis all over the place. And so people clock in, clock out. They go to the break room. You can kind of see where they their little emoji goes to the break room. If they're not in for the day, then you don't see them at all. You know. So it, the the nice thing about that is it doesn't. It's not like a Big Brother thing where you're looking over your, your people and making sure they're working. The idea is that. When, when you're working remote and I'm calling you and I can't get a hold of you, my, my, the first thing that I think of, it goes through my head is, man, is Jamie working? Is Jamie available today? And, and, and then I call you back, you know, an hour later, and I still don't hear, you know, you, I, I, and you haven't returned my call at all. I'm like, what, what's going on? Why, why isn't Jamie working? Well, actually, Jamie, you were actually on a client call. And you were working with that client and, you, and, you, and you're going through the whole thing and maybe it ran over and you hadn't even seen that uh, I made that call. Well, right. what, what this allows you to do, it allows you to actually see that people are busy and you can kind of see when they close the door, that means, you know, they're maybe they're working with a client or maybe they stepped out and they're doing a podcast. They stepped out and they call in the, in the recording studio or so you can actually physically see that. Now, the nice thing about that also is that instead of sending out all these different zoom invitations or go to meeting invites or whatever, uh, you just simply knock on their door. They let you in and boom, you're on video conference right away. So it makes it kind of nice. It gives you that kind of feeling of being in an office without truly being in an office. And so that's really been a real key for us from the very beginning is, is, is feeling that you're, you're big, you're part of an office setting. And, and with that, when we were, when we were brick and mortar and I saw those four folks that were in the office, I still forced everybody to communicate in the same way. And we communicated through Sococo. So they, even though they're in the office, they weren't allowed to, you know, you know, line up next to my door waiting to, to, to talk to me about something. You know, they had to talk to me in, in the, in the Sococo platform. And it was great because, you know, then everybody's communicating the same way and you could actually see when you could see when people are in, it, it just made it so easy uh, to manage a, you know, an remote environment. And, and so that was, that was really important uh, for us. Now keep in mind, for the most part, we were hundred percent remote. We had a couple of people that were in the office, but I would say, you know, we we're, were completely on a remote, remote team at that time. And uh, so, you know, it, it wasn't a big deal for, you know, we, we didn't have the issue that you're talking about where promotions and stuff like that, you know, wouldn't happen if you worked remote because we all worked remote. We all figured out how to do it. We all figured out how to, how to work with teams and how to manage people. Right. Yeah. And I love that. I've never heard of that software before, but it's, it's so great. Cause like, as I talked about, like when you have that one-off day, when you work remote, I know that was one of the fears that I had. It was like, I felt like I couldn't leave my computer because if my manager right. sent me an email, I needed to be able to respond. And mm -hmm. it's like, wait, but when I'm in the office, 
I could sometimes be in meetings all day and I'm not there on my email for eight hours. I might get 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, five minutes. Okay, let me check real quick. So it was like, why do I feel like I need to always be available when I'm remote, when that's not the reality, when you're in the office. And, and so I like that where, okay, you can kind of, you can see where people are, you can see what's going on. You can see when they're busy. I know for, um, when I hired my first employee, she was obviously 100% remote, but it was also a position where she didn't really need to be working the same hours that I was working with everything that she did. Mm -hmm. And so there was flexibility. There was times where we had scheduled meetings and everything. Other than that, it was just get the work done when you you're getting able to get the work done. And it worked for that role. But the problem with it was I didn't know when she was working and when she Mm -hmm. wasn't. So sometimes I was like, I have a question for her. Well, do I want to reach out and like send her a text? Because what if she's not working? And then I'm bothering her when she's not working. All right. right. I guess I'll send her an email. And if she responds or she'll respond later. And uh, and so it just like kind of created that thing where I'm just like, okay, I don't want to micromanage her hours because there's no need for me really to do that overall for the work. She's getting everything done. But at the same time, I felt just in this like limbo type space of, okay, can I ask a question? Can I not? Am I disturbing her? Because she was also the type of person that if I sent her a text, she was going to see it and respond. Like, you know, she's going to be like, yeah, let me get it done. But I didn't want to disturb her when she wasn't working. But having a system like that, I could see it even for that to see, okay, like, she's on, she's working when I am. Let me ask her that question that I have before she signs off. And, mm-hmm. and so I can see that value there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we like, we have a, a remote team too. So we have, we have, a, we have like 55 or so employees, probably more than that now. And, and we have about 15 contractors and our contractors are both stateside and, and, and in other countries. And so the nice thing about their time zones are all different. Right. And so if I'm trying to talk to somebody and they're even in a different time zone. I want to make sure that they're available complete, like you're saying. I don't want to call them in the middle of the night and not realize okay. that, you know, they're not working or whatever, or text them and they're not getting back or whatever. So, you know, e- even our contractors that we have, you know, we have them at office space where they, we can actually again see, you know, when they're available, uh, which makes it also nice that if I want to talk to two or three people at the same time, I'm not coordinating things. And if they're all available, I'm knocking on their door, I'm inviting them both into my office. They come in, we're all three on video and it makes it, makes it again, really nice where we can collaborate, share screens, all that kind of stuff. And, and so it gives you the, the, uh, the impression. So whether it's a, it's a Coco or whether it's a different platform, I think it's important to find the platform that really works for, for your company. Do you, do you feel a video is super important? Cause I do, you know, the video is important for us because that's the only way that I know that you understand, you know, right. If I'm talking to you and I'm hearing you on the phone, I have no clue if you understand what I'm saying. But when I'm in video and I can see your eye contact, I can see your facial expressions, your posture, your demeanor, all that kind of stuff. It gives me a really good idea if I'm coming, if, if my message is coming across in the explanation and, and vice versa. So I think it's super important to be on video. And so we look for a platform that did offer the video. So I'd have video and a platform. I would make sure that for those folks that you know, like to communicate, you know, through like a, a, an instant messaging platform, you have something like that as well, whether it's a Teams or Slack or something like that, just so that you've got multiple different ways of communicating. You've got, you know, communicating through words, then communicating through, you know, images and, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, screenshots like this. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree too. I think the video is super important, especially if you are fully remote. Now, if it was that one-off day where someone's remote, do you have to jump on a video call? No, but like when you're never around each other to create that connection, it's like even Mm -hmm. here for the podcast, I don't do anything with the video, but we record on video because it's good to see each other when you're talking. Like I've gone on other people's podcasts where they record it just audio and there is no video. And I'm just like, (laughs) okay, like, are they, are they taking a long breath or do they want me to talk? Like what's going on here? And it's it's completely (laughs) different. Like, you know, so just to be able to see each other, it brings that different level of connection. Yeah. Which, which kind of leads me, I guess, to, to another thing is that when you're working, working remote, you have to really be intentional and intentional with your, with everything that you do, because even more intentional than brick and mortar. And uh, with that, we have actual meetings every Monday where, um, where we, you know, it's a half an hour meeting required. Everybody's there. Uh, the meeting it just, it starts off with really general, you know, announcements, you know, Hey, the office is closed next week, you know, those type of announcements. And then it goes into a joke where someone in the meeting has to tell a joke and then, and then they give the joke to somebody for the next meeting, you know, and then after that, then it's a fun fact, you know, maybe it's a fun fact about the state they live in or the day that we have or what, you know, whatever it might be. And then they, then they hand that off to somebody for the next meeting. And then we have uh, basically a, um, you know, just basically where they, they pick a topic. And so it's a fun topic. It could be what's your favorite star Wars character and why, you know, something that really, really, you know, kind of really out there. And then, you know, it, it opens the floor to everybody on the team. You know, you get volunteers. We start picking people, and, and it really gets everybody involved. And that's 100% done on camera. And so that's kind of, again, a forced way that we get to know each other better. Because uh, again, we're hearing, we're seeing. You know, we found out that hey, you know, Bob loves basketball. His kids are in basketball. He coaches basketball. You know, everything's basketball. Like if I didn't, I wouldn't know that unless you know we had you know different different you know things like that to kind of bring that type of information you know out. Um, and it, it's kind of nice. It's, it's, we, it, all, all 65 of us or what, all, all of us are there and we're all sharing, uh, very few people, you know, ever miss. And it just makes it, you know, a kind of a nice social, social time. So we take about half an hour a week to, to actually do that in addition to, to other meetings that we might have. Yeah. And I know there's probably people listening there saying, oh my gosh, you take a half an hour on that. Like that's wasted time. But I know that is super, super important. One of the best teams that I ever managed, we had a daily huddle and the team would sometimes be having like that small talk. Like when I'd walk over to start that huddle and we'd keep it going. Like sometimes it'd be a question. Oh, you guys are talking about a movie that you know you went to see this weekend. Who else saw it? And we just started having these like kind of little conversations, which I knew if we had a 15 minute huddle. I wasn't most of the time going to start the meeting until we were about five minutes into that 15 minutes because those conversations were super important. And my team was so close. They jumped in to help each other out all the time. We had really very few problems. And people would ask me like, how do you have such a great team? And like, that was one of it. They actually cared about each other as people and they knew each other as people because they were given that time. It wasn't just come in, let's get the business done and go back. Like we got to know each other. And that's, that's so important. And so taking it even one step further, you know, for remote one, and this will, this will probably, you know, kill a lot of people out here is that we, we have team retreats twice a year. And so we will take our team, uh, 
somewhere where you can't actually go home. So it's got to be at a distance there. And remotely, we'll pick different locations like Nashville or Las Vegas, or we're going to Scottsdale in May. We just got back from uh, St. Louis um, in uh, in October. And we do it, we do it about six months apart. And so what the team retreats are, they're just basically, it's a Wednesday through Friday. Uh, Wednesday, we get there late and uh, that's, you know, we have a cocktail hour and then we have dinner. Uh, spread out where we actually break teams or break the team up in groups of, you know, eight and we'd send them out to dinner, you know, and we try to randomly put, put people in, in pods where they can't, they're not really typically working with the same, same people they normally work with. So again, they, they get to know pe- more people within the company. It, it, the philosophy there is that when you're remote, your team is only as big as the people you work with. And so if I'm only working right. with five people all the time, it, the company could be a hundred, 200 people but it's only a five person company for me because that's the only people I actually see and work with. But when you break them up like that and you put them in, and meet people that are outside of theirs, they start bonding with folks that they would never have had an experience to bond with. Now your team coming up, coming back from a retreat, maybe your team is now five. Now it's maybe 20 because you've had all these different experiences with all these different people that where if I have a question, I can hop on and talk to to Gary or, or Marsha, where I didn't even know Marsha before, you know, that type of thing. And, and so we break them up into that small groups. And then we have workshops during the day. Oh, we, we always start late. So we never start at eight o'clock. So we always start at 10 or 11 o'clock, you know, for our workshops. And that gives them a chance to hang out at night, you know, where they, they don't have to really rush to come back. Or if they've got client meetings or whatever, they got to do something in the morning, it gives them a chance to do that as well. So again, um, we, we do it. We do workshops and we usually have, um, soft skill workshops. It's like, you know, how to, how to talk with people, you know, maybe, you know, different back people with different backgrounds. We bring in speakers to kind of, you know, to help us, to help us through that, that process. And then maybe we'll have one or two technical things that we have in our workshop, uh, to basically solve everybody's, you know, is, you know to basically, you know, help everybody's mindsets. And so then we go back for another, you know, you know, dinner, and then we, we, we rinse and repeat on Friday. Then we have a group dinner and we usually do something fun. And then, and, and the, and the retreat, we usually invite spouses on the last day, which is kind of cool. And uh, not, not any time other than that, but just on the last day and, and have it so they can extend it if they want to over the weekend, we usually, you know, get some good rates with the hotels. So if they want to make it a, a, you know, weekend vacation with their spouse, they can do that. And so their treats are super important uh, because it really does exactly what you're talking about. It, it gets that interaction. You get a chance to meet people and, and hang out with people that, uh, you wouldn't normally hang out with and grab a beer with them, coffee, you know, whatever that might be, and kind of get to know them a lot better on a personal basis. And it's pretty amazing when we go to the retreats, you know, people look forward to it. We get very few people that uh, duck out of it and can't make them. And, um, you know, with that, they they really, they enjoy the most. They love the workshops during the day, but they, they enjoy the most when it's, when it's over and they can just hang out with each other. And uh, you'll find people hanging out in the, at the hotel bar or whatever until, you know, 12 o'clock or whatever, just, you know, getting to know each other and having fun. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, and, and while on video like this, you know, all the time you get to know people pretty well at their, when you're at the retreat and you see in person, it's not awkward at all because right. you've, you know, you know what they look like, you know what their facial expressions, you know them. The only thing you don't know about them is how tall they are. Cause that's the only <laughs> thing you can't tell in video is how tall someone is <laughs> or short or whatever. But uh, you know, so that, I think the retreats uh, were very important. Uh, when we had through uh, COVID, when we had uh, the lockdowns and everything, there was a period of about a year we were not able to do retreats. And with that, we saw a lot of um, folks that we had hired during that time really didn't have the connection that they would have had uh, otherwise. And and I, I would say uh, if, if I look back, I would almost bet that 
every person we hired during the, the pandemic had left had left the firm at one point. Uh, people prior to that, not not at all, and people after that, hardly at all. But during that time frame, because they weren't connected, um, I, I you know I, I feel that that was important. So we our treats are super important. We do them again, you know, twice a year, and we spend a pretty significant amount of money. We spend between. Uh, two thousand to three thousand dollars a person on the retreats, but uh, again, we feel it's money well worth spent, especially when we're remote and don't have a uh, facility expense, anyways. Uh, right. So that money is actually going towards uh, towards the retreats with our team. Yeah, you're you don't have the facility expense, but then you also mentioned your people stay, and recruiting has a huge expense. So if you're spending let's say mm-hmm. two thousand dollars twice a year, so four thousand dollars per team member on a retreat guess what? It costs you a lot more money than more money than that to refill that position. So oh, yeah. that is money mm-hmm. well spent. Yeah, I 100% agree. We, we, we would not, uh, I don't know how you would do a remote, a remote uh, workforce without having retreats. No idea. Yeah. It's something that I, I encourage with a lot of my clients. I was actually at um, a meeting uh, last month for, for a nonprofit that I'm involved in. And someone was telling about like the company that she started working for. And she goes, yeah, I'm one of like five fully remote employees in the entire company. They're having their holiday party coming up, but they told us we're not invited because they don't want to spend the expense of flying us in. And I'm just like, listen, that I was just like, oh my gosh, how do you tell your employees that you're not worth the money to get to know the rest of the team? I was like, you should be spending that money to fly them in, to make them there so they can meet people and feel connected. Like you just said, you don't matter. So when you tell employees that they don't matter, you can't expect them to stick around. 100% agree. Yeah, you, you, you nailed, nailed it right there. Because we used to have holiday parties for the folks that we were that were in town. And, and then once we went fully remote and dedicated that, we immediately did away with it. You know, it's like, well, we'll just, we'll, it'll just be part of our team retreats now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's good. Like one of the companies my husband used to work for that was pretty much remote. They did have a local office around where we are, where employees could go in if they wanted to, but there was no real requirement for majority of the positions. They had a holiday party every year and for all their employees all over the country, there was the option that where they would fly them in and a spouse or their date and everything. So that way they were they were coming in and and getting to meet people. Like it was one of those things where we want that connection. You need to meet the team. You need to see people face to face every once in a while. And it was he said it was always nice to meet that person that worked that lived like three states over that you never had an option to actually get together in the office to actually meet face to face at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and we we actually even throw a bone out to our team as well with with education because you know as a CPA we're required to have about forty hours a year education expenses and a lot of those we can actually cover um, with in house and, and, and that sort of thing. So the cost is pretty low. But we give our client we give our team about one hundred fifty dollars a month and it goes towards a Divi card in which they can accumulate the funds in that. And, you know, go anywhere they want on a, uh, you know, to, to meet with other people. And, and maybe, maybe there's a, an ESOP conference in Florida and we've got four people that, you know, that, you know, maybe want to maybe just hop in a, get into an Airbnb in Florida, go to the ESOP conference, hang out with each other while they're there. And so it gives them another opportunity to actually meet people with, when, when it's not even, um, when it's not staged by us, when, when we're not setting the, the time frame. And, and, and I think with a lot of people in today's world, they love the autonomy and they love the autonomy of being able to do things 
you know, on their own type of thing. And that's, so that's one of the things that we really felt important is providing that, you know, that just that little extra couple hundred dollars a month um, really goes a long way when it comes to, you know, creating that bonding situation, you know, with our, with our team. Yes, exactly. All right, Jody. Well, we have to wrap up for today. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. If you have any questions about remote work or whatever, feel free to just uh, drop me down or or send me an email. Uh, My email is at Jody, it's J-O-D-Y at summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, cpa.net. So it's .net, not .com. They want to spend the money on the .com stuff. So we went .net. And uh, what I'll do is I'd be happy to chat with you for about an hour. Uh, once you send me the email, I'll send you back a calendar link and we can coordinate schedules. And I'd be happy to, to hop on a, a video call with you and answer really any questions you might have. All right, great. All right, Jody. my final question that I love to ask all my guests is we've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us, whether that's in our professional career or in our personal lives. So think of a leader or manager that has stood out to you and share with us one thing about them. Yeah, I've had a lot of leaders and managers over time, and especially in public accounting, um, not all great, you know, for sure. Uh, when I was in manufacturing, I worked in manufacturing for about three years. I had a uh, uh, my, uh, my immediate supervisor, uh, Tim Zumboff was his name, or still is his name, obviously. And uh, he was a great guy. The uh, what, what I liked about his leadership style is that he gave me the freedom uh, to really craft my own. And it wasn't, it wasn't being micromanaged ever. It was more giving the autonomy to make, uh, to actually fail, uh, giving me the autonomy to succeed and really just kind of create my own path within the position that I was in. And uh, that's what I appreciate most. Cause with that, I took that and uh, really kind of added that to what I felt was important for, for our team. You know, I want to make sure that, that we're not micromanaging our team giving them autonomy, giving them the ability to make decisions and fail. I think it's, it's super important. And I, uh, I learned that from him. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Are you getting ready to hire and you wrote a job posting for your open position, but now you're left wondering, will it attract the right candidates? Hiring isn't as simple as telling people that you're hiring and having your perfect candidate show up ready to fill the role. Hiring just doesn't work that way, especially in the current market. The best candidates only apply to the positions that appear to be the right fit for them. If they don't find a connection between their job wants and your job posting, they'll skip over and go to the next opportunity. And in many cases, the reality is it's not the job isn't what they're looking for. It's not the job posting just didn't hit the mark. So is your job posting helping candidates see that your opening is right for them? Or is it turning candidates away for all the wrong reasons? Let's find out. I am currently offering Will Your Job Posting Attract the Right Candidates audit. Through this audit, I will review your job posting. And I will tell you what's working and what needs to change so you can attract your idea candidates. So if you want your job posting reviewed by an expert before it goes live, or if you have a job posting that just is not hitting the mark in the current market, sign up for an audit. Let's review it and make the changes needed so you can attract your perfect fit team member. Because remember, You can't hire a candidate who never applies for your job. And most candidates 
won't apply if they don't feel connected to the job posting. So let's make sure you have a job posting that will attract all the right candidates and help you make this hiring journey easier. Go to growingyourteam.com slash audit and sign up for your audit today. Once again, that's growingyourteam.com slash audit.